Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey. Consultants for East Hampton Town have unveiled their sprawling new analysis of the potential impacts that new policies limiting aircraft traffic to East Hampton Town Airport in Wainscott might have on other airports in the region. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that the analysis, nearly 2,000 pages long and stuffed with reams of data about air traffic, roadway traffic, noise impacts, and pollution levels, will guide the next round of decision-making by the East Hampton Town Board as it once again embarks on an effort to impose restrictions on helicopters, large jets, and commercial charter aircraft using the airport. It is unlikely that any changes to the airport's operating rules will be in place by this coming summer. More than a year in the making, the document, known as the Draft Generic Environmental Impact Statement, or DGEIS, for the proposal to adopt a prior permission-required policy at the airport, attempts to use data and hypothetical worst-case scenarios to forecast the impacts of new rules that the town had tried to use real-time data to guide their policymaking in 2022 before being stopped by a court injunction. How wealthy visitors to the South Fork might react if they were unable to fly into the Wayne Scott Airport, known as JPX, on Federal Aviation Administration flight maps, and how those decisions would negatively impact those who live near airports in Montauk, West Hampton, and those living around JPX, is the crux of the town's decision on how to and whether to limit air traffic in Wayne Scott. The East Hampton Town Board will hold a public hearing on the acceptance of the Draft Generic Environmental Impact Statement, or DGEIS, on March 13th at East Hampton Town Hall, during which any member of the public will be welcome to comment on any of the data in the analysis before the town votes to adopt the, the document. There is a, a public comment period on the DGIS on the East Hampton Town website, and that will end on April 2nd. Democrat John Avlon, an author and former CNN political analyst, launched a bid yesterday to oust freshman Representative Nick LaLota, the Republican from Amityville, in New York's 1st Congressional District. Avlon, 51, who maintains residences in Manhattan and Sag Harbor, said he recently left CNN, where he had worked as a senior political analyst and fill-in anchor, to make the run. Scott Idler reports on Newsday.com that Four other Democrats have filed to run. They include former state senator James Gorin of Northport, Nancy Goroff, a former Stony Brook University chemistry department chair who ran unsuccessfully for the seat in 2020. Kyle Hill, a former congressional staffer from Port Jefferson, and Craig Herskovitz, a former New York City administrative law judge who lives in Northport. Daniel Peter Foti has filed to run as a conservative. The 1st Congressional District includes all of Suffolk County's North Shore and extends through the East End, covering both the North and South Forks. Avalon said if elected, he would advocate for abortion rights and fight aggressively against climate change. 
Mr. Avalon emerged in recent years as a piercing critic of former President Donald J. Trump and the Republican Party Mr. Trump has refashioned in his image. Nicholas Fandos reports in the New York Times that in an interview, Mr. Avalon, 51, said he felt compelled to step from journalism into the political fray to help break this fever and oust MAGA minions who are not even trying to solve problems in the national interest, said Avalon. Winning the Suffolk County District will be no easy task for a Democrat. It is currently held by Representative Nick LaLota, a first-term Republican. Though President Biden won the district by 0.2 percentage points in 2020, Mr. LaLota sailed to an 11-point victory two years later. Democrats in Washington do not currently consider the district a top-tier target, on par with more favorable suburban swing seats elsewhere in New York. But that could still change, as Democrats in Albany weigh whether to use a rare mid-decade court-ordered redistricting process to draw a more favorable congressional map. Before any of that, though, Mr. Avalon is likely to face a difficult Democratic primary fight in June against three other candidates. The Kutchog Civic Association will take a comprehensive look at the Town of Southhold's community housing plan at a meeting this evening from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Kutchog New Suffolk Library titled Southhold Town Community Housing Plan. Who, what, when, why, where, and how? Beth Young of East End Beacon reports that Southhold Council member Jill Doherty and town planning officials will discuss what the Community Housing Fund is and when it will go into effect, why a plan is needed and who is intended to benefit, where community housing can be located, and how the fund will be administered. The meeting is open to the public and all are encouraged to attend. That's tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Kutchog New Suffolk library. Sag Harbor Village has won a nearly $6 million New York State grant to help upgrade its aging sewage treatment plant. It's pretty exciting to get $6 million from New York State. I don't think it's ever happened before, said trustee Aidan Korish, who serves as liaison to both the sewage treatment plant and the village's grant writing efforts. Stephen J. Coates reports on 27East.com that for several years, the village of Sag Harbor has been aggressively seeking funding from everywhere, from the East Hampton and South Hampton Community Preservation Funds to the federal government to help pay for a multi-million dollar upgrade that will allow it to increase the capacity of its 1970s-era sewage treatment plant. It currently has awards to cover approximately $16 million for varying phases of the design and construction work. The plant currently serves the village's business district and some nearby residential properties, but most properties in Sag Harbor Village are not connected to the sewer line. Instead, they rely on traditional septic systems, which can help filter out toxins such as a fecal coliform, but which do nothing to eliminate nitrogen from the wastewater flow. Some of that nitrogen eventually finds its way into the bay and coves, where it can lead to unhealthy algal blooms and other pollution. Working with Cameron Engineering, the village has been exploring ways to reduce that flow of nitrogen. Despite the good news, Coors said it was still too early to offer an estimated timetable or total cost for the work. 
an unexpected change in venue for the annual West Hampton Beach St. Patrick's Day Parade fundraiser left the committee that puts on the annual parade scrambling this week to get the word out so that folks in the area would know where to attend the party of the year. Bill Sutton reports on 27East.com that scheduled for Saturday, March 2nd, beginning at 7 p.m., the fundraiser, which accounts for most of the $25,000 or so needed to put on the parade will be held at West Hampton Beach Brewing Company at the Francis S. Kabreski Airport in West Hampton. So that's Saturday, March 2nd at the West Hampton Beach Brewing Company. The 2024 West Hampton Beach St. Patrick's Day Parade is on Saturday, March 9th. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.